Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us on the second episode of The Pursuit. I'm your host, Ben Spangle, and very excited to be sharing with you today some more ideas and strategies that are really hopefully going to help you lead a better life. And that's ultimately why we're putting this on, why we're spending the time to do it, is, uh, is to help you lead a happier, more fulfilling, more successful life, more abundant life. And today, specifically, that's what we're going to be talking about, is how do you lead a more abundant life, a wealthier life? Because I think that you know, all of us in life, we all want a more abundant life. And, and abundance means a lot of things to a lot of different people. Abundance doesn't just mean monetarily or just financially, although that's certainly part of it. I mean, we can have abundance of health and abundance of financial wealth, abundance of relationships, um, you know, abundance of fulfillment. These are all great things that we all want to have. And we're going to talk about that and how to create a more abundant life. Specifically today, I want to talk to you about your financial blueprint, your money blueprint. So we are going to focus more today on finances. In future episodes, we're going to talk about other areas. But how how does your money mentality or your financial blueprint or your money mindset, how is that affecting your day-to-day life around finances? And you know, often we'll hear stuff like, you know, money, money doesn't matter or, or money doesn't bring you happiness. And and sometimes these statements, I get where they're coming from, but money does matter and it does make a big difference. And, and I agree, money doesn't bring you happiness. That's that's true, it doesn't bring you happiness. However, money can do a lot of things that it can help you with. It, it, it's useful in the areas it's useful and it's not useful in the areas it's not useful. So today we wanna focus on you leading a more abundant life. Cause I really believe if you become more abundant financially, it's going to bless other areas of your life as well. And I want you to know this is, I'm speaking from experience as I talked to you about this stuff. You know, when I first started on my journey to building an, uh, a business and an entrepreneurial career and, and really starting to get focused on, I wanna improve my financial life. When I first started on that, I mean, I was not leading an abundant life financially by any means. I was making about $30,000 a year as an apprentice electrician, part of me back then. I was about $15,000 in credit card debt. I had zero in savings. I was paycheck to paycheck all the time, not making any real progress. And I got to tell you, it didn't happen overnight, but it did happen over time where all of a sudden things started to change. Things started to get better. My finances started to improve. My income started to go up in a big way. I started to be, you know, I started to have real money in savings, started to get consumer debt free, all that kind of stuff. And these were important things I wanted for a long time. And what I'm going to share with you, I'm going to share with you what I believe even more important than your strategy around your money is your mindset around money because strategy is pretty easy to come by. I mean, the truth is there's a lot of different things you can do with your money. There's lots, there's lots of different ways you can become debt free. There's lots of ways you could save and invest your money. Uh, you know, there's lots of ways that you can create financial freedom. I mean, the truth is there is, there's many different ways, some better than others, but there's many ways. So it's usually not a lack of strategy for some. And if that is the case, I mean, maybe, you know, maybe there's some ideas on strategy you might need, but for most people, it's our money mindset that gets in the way. It's our money blueprint, our financial blueprint that either propels us forward onto a truly prosperous, truly abundant financial life or keeps us limited, keeps us stuck in a not so abundant and not so prosperous life. And, and if you can relate to that, I, I promise you, I've been there. You know, I know exactly what that's like, you know, growing up for myself. I mean, that was one of the things we never had a lot of money. You know, we always said we had a nice home that we, our, our parents provided a great home for us that way. Uh, it was a safe place, all those kind of things. But, you know, finances were a struggle. It wasn't something that, you know, we succeeded a lot in. And then as I started to begin my adult life and started working, even though I remember working my first construction job, my first real job, and I was making more money than I ever made in my life. I'm, I'm taking home about $5,000 a month at that point in my life, which might as well have been, you know, 20 or 30. 
uh, back then because it was just so much more than I was ever used to making. And I'll tell you what, I mean, I thought if I made more money, I would have more money. But you know, within a few short months, I was back to paycheck to paycheck. And it seemed to me that I was on this journey of, it didn't seem to matter how much money I was making, I couldn't seem to find that abundance that I was looking for. And then I came across some ideas I'm gonna be sharing with you uh, today that I've worked with for the last decade plus, 13 years I suppose it is, to really start to work on what's on the inside here. Because I really believe that it's what the inside is what makes a difference. As T. Harv Ecker says, which I'll be sharing some ideas from him, one of my favorite, favorite authors, speakers, trainers on the subject of your money mindset. I think he does a better job than anybody else. One of my favorite things he talks about is that if you want to change the fruits, then you've got to change the roots. In other words, if you want to change what's on the outside, you've got to change what's on the inside. And most of society focuses from an an outside in approach. Somehow if I fix things on the outside, I get a better job. You know, I start on this savings plan. I start doing this, start doing that. And those are good things. Don't get me wrong. Those are good things to do that everything will be okay. But if the, the challenge is if we don't stop to fix what's on the inside, then you know what happens is you get a better job, you get better pay and you find yourself in the same situation. You find yourself still paycheck to paycheck. You find yourself still, you know, struggling with debt. You find yourself still not saving enough money. Now, is there exceptions to this? Of course there is, but there's exceptions to anything, but we don't want to base our life on exceptions. We want to base our our life on principles. We want to base our life. Hopefully you want to base your life on principles that work, principles that help you change. And if you're, if you're listening to this and you're already incredibly financially successful, you're leading a super abundant life. You're leading a super prosperous life. Well, Hey, Congratulations, you're one of the rare few. I think you'll know that you've probably in some way along the line, you've used a lot of these ideas in your own life. And if that's not you, if you were more like I was or somewhere in between that, then I think you're really gonna enjoy today's episode on leading a more prosperous, more abundant life in many, many ways. So let's start talking about how did you get to the place that you are financially? How did you get where you are? Well, in all years of our life, we, all of us have been programmed, right? From the day we're born till the day, you know, up until today, we're all programmed. And, and most of us, well, none of us, I should say, none of us chose our programming in the beginning. You know, when, when we're a brand new baby, I have two daughters. I have a two-year-old and a four-year-old at the time of this message. And when you're a brand new baby, I mean, their mind is just wide open. Anything that goes in it, they're accepting of it. You know, they don't judge what their parents are telling them. They don't judge what they're seeing. They don't judge any of that. They just, boom, it's just like a wide open, you know, garden, if you will. And all these seeds are being planted into the garden. Every single one's implanted, whether it's a good one, whether it's a bad one. I mean, the baby, the, the toddler, they don't know any different. They're just getting fed it. And that's what happened for all of us is that's our programming is that we were programmed to be a certain way. And so there's a formula for creating results in your life, the formula of manifestation of results. And it goes something like this. And if you're into personal development, you've probably come across this before. It's the way things are created. If we look at, okay, if I wanna create results in my life, I really wanna create better results, then what do I do? Well, actions produce results. We know that if I wanna get in better shape, well, I gotta make some different choices with my food, different choices with my exercise, I gotta act on that stuff, right? If I want to start have more money saved, I've gotta start a savings plan, probably meet with an advisor or something like that, you know, get on an investment plan, start putting money away. Maybe I have to, you know, cut costs here to save, save a little bit more, whatever it might be. But actions though is only one piece of the puzzle. It's a very important piece, but it's only one piece. So your results are produced by your actions. Your feelings, if we go a step backwards, your feelings are what typically determine your actions. And of course, your thoughts are what determine the way you feel. I mean, we can feel a certain way just by changing the way that we think. You could feel happy or sad in any given moment, that emotion, 
by the way that you think, right? You can think happy thoughts, you're gonna feel a lot happier. You can focus on what you're grateful for. You'll have a tendency to, if you focus on what you're grateful for, you're gonna have a tendency to feel grateful. And if you feel grateful, odds are you're gonna treat people in a different way. You might show up differently in the world, all those kinds of things. So here's the formula. Your thoughts lead to your feelings, which lead to your actions, which leads to your results. And so if we want to change our results, then we know I can't just focus in one. I got to focus on all of them, but let's go to the starting point, your thoughts. However, there's another level to this though, right? It's your automatic thoughts that lead to your automatic feelings, your automatic behavior, your automatic results. In other words, your habitual thoughts or your programmed. And so I want you to remember this part, your programming leads to your habitual thoughts, which leads to your habitual feelings, which leads to your habitual action, which leads to your habitual results. And so most of us are on autopilot. Last episode, we talked briefly about your subconscious mind. In a future episode, we're going to spend almost all the time talking about your conscious mind, your subconscious mind, and, and how to make changes in there. And, and anyways, but we're getting into some of that stuff today. So your programming is what leads to those things. And the way you were programmed, there's basically three main ways you were programmed when you were younger. Number one, you were programmed by what you heard. So you were programmed verbal programming. You heard people around you, your parents or whoever raised you, they spoke about, and we're going to talk about money in today's episode, as you know, they spoke about money in a certain way. Now that could have been an empowering way about money. That could have been a disempowering way about money. And it's not about right or wrong. It's just, that's what happened. So, you know, in terms of that, that's what we call verbal programming. And, you know, it wasn't just your parents. It was the people around you. It was, you know, it could have been a TV if that was a big influence in your life. It could have been teachers or, or religious leaders you were around or, um, you know, just people that have, of authority, things like that, that kind of stuff. So there's verbal programming. There's what you saw. That'd be another level of programming. So the things you hear is one level. The things you saw was another. And, and often this is what we would call modeling. So through our parents or the people of authority around us, through their behavior and how they acted in this area, our mind, again, the baby's mind, the toddler's mind, the child's mind was just soaking it all in. It wasn't judging. It wasn't asking if this is beneficial or not beneficial. The mind was not saying, is it good or bad? It wasn't saying, will this help me or hurt me? It was just taking it all in and building a whole new frame of reference, building your program. So you're, what you saw, you're modeling. And then the last form of programming is what you experienced. And this would be things like, you know, a real specific incident, a real specific event, stuff like that. Um, and I'll give you an example of a specific event. So my first experience with saving money was, I don't know how old I was, I was probably six or seven years old. And I had this little, I think it was a Nestle Quick Bottle uh, back in the day, a big Nestle Quick Bottle. And this would have been in, I don't know, this would be the early 90s. And we had a little cutout in the top. So it was a pretty big one. It was a purple one. I remember that. And we had a cutout that we could put coins and dollar bills. And, and every time I got coins, whether that was, you know, it didn't matter what the denomination was or any kind of dollar bill, I would always put it in there. And so I had filled this sucker full. And so this is a specific incident that changed the way I thought about money. And, um, and I remember one of our neighbors at the time on, on the one side, I don't know how old he would have been. He was probably his mid-teens, late teens, something like that. We got talking one day. I'm, I'm five or six years old. Somehow, you know, the subject of this, this piggy bank came up and, and something was going on for him. And I offered it to him, you know, I'm five, six years old. I didn't think anything of it. And so I, you know, I go and get my little piggy bank thing, whatever it was, I bring it over, I give it to him. And, um, you know, I'm not explaining this to, you know, mom and dad later, how this happened. And then of course they're, you know, they're upset about it, rightfully so, because I mean, you know, for all I know, I mean, <laughs> I'm five or six, what did I know? And, uh, and anyways, but I remember a little bit anyways, it's, it's a vague memory, but I remember feeling not very good in that moment after this whole experience. 
So guaranteed that shaped the way that I thought about money, right? That shaped the way, right? That it wasn't meant to be given. It was something meant to be hoarded, which the truth is, is that no, money is meant to be given. Definitely is. I mean, the more we circulate out, the more we're going to circulate in. So that was an example of a specific incident. And I'm sure if you think back to your childhood and your lifetime, I'm sure there was experiences that you would have that you could think back that were pinpoint financial moments and maybe not financial, but other stuff. But there's moments that you can think back to, whether it's a full on memory or a vague memory, something that impacted you in a way that's burned into your subconscious mind that changed the way you were programmed, changed the way you thought about money. So that's an example, a specific incident. So our programming leads to our thoughts. Our thoughts lead to our feelings. Our feelings lead to our actions. Our actions lead to our results. And the name of the game for all of us is we want to produce better results. We want to make things happen in a meaningful way. And that's what we're talking about doing. So how do we, the question becomes, how do we start to shift our programming? And the real question is how do you start to shift your program, which is really what we're going to talk about. So let's focus on that next year as we go through it. Um, when it comes to programming, I really want you to think about what are you programmed for? And, and by the way, if you want an answer to know of what am I programmed for, we don't need to look far. We always need to look at results. So when it comes to money and wealth, you could be programmed several, several different ways. I mean, you could be programmed for poverty, scarcity, right? Where there's never enough, right? And you're just, you know, barely, you're not even scraping by. That's what I would call poverty, not even scraping by. And maybe, probably not, if you're listening to this, that's probably not your case, but maybe it was. Maybe you grew up that way. Maybe you grew up in poverty. I, I didn't. You know, I can't relate to that. I didn't grow up in poverty. We didn't have money, but we certainly were not poor. Um, but I know some of you listening were, and that shaped the way that you thought about money too. And that could have been a good way. It could have been a bad way. Um, you might've made a decision that that's never going to happen to me. And perhaps you're financially successful today because of it, because that specific incident, and you made a decision in that point in your life, that could be it. Um, but it also could be that you grew up kind of poor and now maybe you're making more money, but on the inside, you're still a poor person in your mind. So you're always finding a way to get rid of your money, right? You're, you never seem to have it. Anything like you can't seem to keep it. Um, you may have grown up with this context of feast and famine. Perhaps you grew up in a family where maybe, you know, your family might've been entrepreneurial or perhaps they had a job that was seasonal or something like that. And so you went through seasons of where you, you always had money and you had lots of it and you got to live a good life. And then you go through a season where you didn't have any and it's kind of like, you know, <laughs> scraping by just, just to live. That could have been it. I mean, you might've been, and probably for most of us, we grew up probably just enough, kind of like the middle-class level of just enough, just getting by, not really saving any money, you know, not really, I mean, you're not poor by any means, but you're probably not really moving ahead the way that you'd like to be financially and kind of more of a life of a struggle, mostly paycheck to paycheck. And, and that would be, I think for most middle-class families, I mean, the stats are the stats, but a lot of people live paycheck to paycheck and that number is growing. And, and it is a struggle. And I, I'm not negating the fact that there's other things happening in people's lives, economic circumstances, all that kind of stuff. I get it. I know those things do happen. I will say this. What I will say is your programming has a bigger influence on your money, your finances, your wealth than you ever believe possible. You could have been programmed for more than enough where you grew up and maybe that was the life that you guys, you always had money. Stuff like you could do, you could play in the sports you wanted to, you could do those kind of things. Maybe your family went on nice vacations, stuff like that. And that could be good program, right? Or you could have been programmed for wealth and abundance where you get to do whatever you want to do, whenever you want to do it, and you've got the freedom to do so. And it doesn't matter if you were programmed for that, awesome, then you're probably succeeding at a high level like that. If you were programmed in poverty 
and that's kind of your life experience up till now, your results are still poverty. The good news is you can change. Every single one of us can change. Anyone listening to this has capacity to change because we can change the way we've been programmed. We can change the way we think. We can change the way we feel. We can change the way we act. And the byproduct is we will change our results in doing that. So let's go to work on really starting to think about updating, upgrading, changing your programming to a new level. And it's kind of like if you think about programming, kind of think of it in this way, almost imagine it's like a thermostat. And of course, the thermostat, you know, what it does is it's set at a certain temperature. And depending where you are, if you're, you're Celsius or Fahrenheit or whatever, you know, uh, metric you use to measure that stuff. But depending on the degrees, I'm in Canada. So in Canada, you might keep your house at maybe, you know, 20 degrees or 21 degrees, and uh, which is great. And then the thermostat, say the thermostat set for 21 degrees for your home. Well, what does it do? Well, really simply what it does is this, is that, you know, if the temperature drops in the house, it's going to turn on the heaters in the house it's going to trigger it and say, whoa, whoa, temperature drop. We need to heat up the house to get it back to 21 degrees, to get it back to equilibrium or balance or, 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 my, or my thermostat set point, temperature set point. If the house gets too hot and you've got air conditioning, well, guess what? It's going to kick on the air conditioning and the air conditioning is going to come in and start to cool off the house until it gets back to 21 degrees. Well, your financial life is like that too. Your financial life is just like that. You have an internal thermostat, a financial thermostat a financial set point that your unconscious mind says to you, hey, this is what you're worth. This is how much you should be making a year. This is what life is supposed to be like financially. And if you start to deviate, let's say your set point is 21 degrees. And let's say that set point in financial terms is a $75,000 a year job, $50,000 a year job, $100,000 a year job, whatever it might be. And maybe you're, maybe you're used to making 75,000 a year and that's your financial set point. And all of a sudden something happens, a bonus shows up at work, or um, an opportunity shows up, you start to make more money. If you don't work on upgrading your set point, if you really don't work on changing this stuff, you know, if we don't work on changing the roots so we can change the fruits, you know what you'll find is usually something happens to, to spend that money. Something breaks down on the car, the hot water tank goes, um, expenses come up, something, right? You make a poor investment, something like that. Your unconscious mind is going to find a way to bring you back to the normal set point. It, it, it just is. Right? I've seen it in my own life. I've seen it in lots of people that I've coached and worked with in their lives too. And, and it's a real thing. So when we think about our financial set point, take a look at the results you're producing today. Right? And if you're not happy with those, don't begrudge the results. You know, don't, don't complain about that. Let's focus on changing your set point. And I really believe this next understanding we're going to talk about is going to help you upgrade your set point in a big way. And that's the difference between your comfort zone and your wealth zone. So your comfort zone is real simple. It's what's comfortable for you to do. All of us live within inside of our comfort zone. And inside of your comfort zone, what do you got? Well, you've got things like the home that you live in. You've got things like the car that you drive, the kind of clothes that you own, um, you know, the vacations that you take or don't take. I mean, these are all things that fit into your comfort zone. These are all results that fit into your comfort zone. At the same time, though, when we think about your wealth zone, if you were to think, hey, if I was wealthy, if I had all the money I wanted, everything I've ever wanted, and I had that in place, right? What would my life be like then? You know, what would things look like? What would I want? The previous episode, we talked all about vision. So hopefully you've done some exercise on that. By the way, if you're tuning in for the first time, you didn't hear the first episode, go back and listen to it. You're going to love it. That's for sure. 
but your wealth zone is all the things that you want that you know money can provide for you. And that might be vacations, taking care of your parents, setting up your children's education, you know, getting that home that you've always wanted, having that second property you've always wanted, whatever it might be, a car, you know, a plane. I mean, it's boats. I mean, it's, it's your life. It's up to you giving back to your church, giving back to charity, whatever it might be. That's your wealth zone. But the only way to get to your wealth zone is you've got to break out of the comfort zone. And the comfort zone is a trap. It's a big time trap because it, it feels uncomfortable. Anytime you start to make changes, you start to move towards what you want, guess what? Your comfort zone is going to kick in. Your mind's going to tell you, whoa, 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 let's put on the brakes. Are you sure you want to do that? This doesn't feel right. I don't know if we should be doing this. I don't really like it. It's uncomfortable. And your mind's going to start to feed you all these lies because it wants to keep you stuck. It wants to keep you safe and secure, which is the primary job of our brain. So if you want to move into your wealth zone, you want to move into a greater spot in your life then be prepared that you gotta be willing to get uncomfortable. And every time you take steps to get uncomfortable, if you imagine the circle, comfort zone, and then the bigger circle, the wealth zone, every time I take a step out, a step out, a step out, what am I doing? I'm expanding my comfort zone to bigger and bigger. And as I start to expand it bigger and bigger, I start to draw in greater things to my life and create the space that I can have bigger and better. And you know what's funny about it is that you're gonna create a whole new one. Maybe your income's 80,000 a year and you build a new financial set point of 150,000 or a quarter million dollars or something like that. And you go and achieve it, right? You get a better job, you start in business. I mean, who knows, right? You're, maybe you're selling some kind of products or services online, something like that. And you start to achieve it. You're gonna get there. Well, guess what? You'll get there and life will get comfortable and you've got to create a new set point and you've got to increase it to the next level, assuming you want to go to the next level. It, which reminds me of a really important quote is this idea is that your income will only grow to the extent you do. And that's straight out of Har T. Harbecker's book, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. I love that book. I'm going to reference it many, many times. I hope one day, my vision for one day is I hopefully, uh, hopefully able to get T. Harb on the show here. That'd be a dream of mine is to get him with us because he is the master of this. Nobody can talk about it better, I think anyways, than T. Harbecker. And so that's, that's your set point. That's what we talked about. We talked about that, the comfort zone, the wealth zone, we're there. The next thing I want to talk to you about is what are the obstacles or the roadblocks in thinking about money? You know, the things that get thoughts that might get in the way of you really leading the life financially that you want to lead. And so we're going to spend some time on that stuff because these are all things that I'm sure as some of these, as I go through these, you've thought some of these things before and maybe, maybe different ones that aren't on here too. I'm sure there's many more but we do want to establish what are the obstacles, what, are the, what is the thought process that's getting in the way of me becoming financially successful? Because if we can become aware of it, if we can start to realize what the thought process is, then we can catch the thought. And once we realize it, we can shift it to something more empowering, which we're going to talk about in a bit. So things like money doesn't grow on trees. You know, I'm sure many of us heard, I know I heard that a lot. I'm sure you did too. Money doesn't grow on trees. It, which, you know, back in the day, I mean, they made, you know, bills out of paper. So it's kind of funny because te <laughs> technically, I guess it did. Um, but money doesn't grow on trees. You know, you might be saying things like, I never seem to have enough. It just, we just don't seem to have enough. Or things like, maybe you heard money is the root of all evil, which is a misquote from the Bible. It's it, in the Bible. I believe what it actually says is that the love of money is the root of all evil. However, it's kind of been, you know, <laughs> Uh, changed along the way for where people say money is the root of all evil. Sometimes you, you might have a negative belief around rich people. So rich people are, you fill in the blank, what popped in your mind. I mean, for you, it might be, it could be empowering or disempowering. You might've said, well, rich people are greedy or rich people are evil or rich people are liars or cheats or whatever. And, and that's generally a middle-class belief system around money. And, and that's fine. 
right? You know what? I, I used to think that kind of stuff. I had a middle-class police system around money. I thought rich people were greedy. I thought they were crooks. I thought, you know, they all, because that's what's depicted in the media often at times, or that's what's depicted in movies often. But you know what was interesting? As I started to do well, better in business and start to meet some really successful entrepreneurs and very wealthy people, every single one of them I met, they were some of the most kind, the most generous people that I've ever met. And I'm sure there's people out there, rich people that are kind of greedy and not nice people, but that has not been my experience. They've actually been the most helpful ones. But what's interesting though, is that it doesn't matter whether the thought is true or false, whether it's real or not real, it doesn't matter. If you believe it, it's real for you. And here's the thing, what you cannot possibly get what you resent. If you resent rich people, you'll never become rich. You resent wealthy people, you'll never become wealthy. Here's another one. Money doesn't make you happy. We spoke about that one a little bit earlier. Very true. I mean, I agree. Money doesn't make you happy. I mean, that's also true. Um, but guess what? It gets rid of a lot of things that can make you unhappy. Your debt's probably not making you happy. You know, uh, the fact that you don't have the savings you want probably isn't making you very happy. The fact that you can't take the vacations you want might not be making you very happy. So there's a lot of things that might make you unhappy that money doesn't make you happy, but it can alleviate some of those. And, and I just found that at the end of the day, hey, if you, you can be happy today, whether you've got lots of money or no money. But if you're really unhappy right now, I agree with this. If, if you just all of a sudden got two, three, four million dollars, you're not going to be a happy person. You're going to, you're going to get scared of losing it. You're going to, you don't want to hoard all that kind of stuff. Money doesn't make you happy, but neither does anything else, right? You make yourself happy. You're responsible for your own happiness. You know, we, we have in our home, um, a, a sign when you walk upstairs and, and one of the, and one of the washrooms as well too, that it says choose happy. And it's a reminder. So we have two separate ones that are reminders that in any given moment, we can make the choice to focus on the things that we're, we're excited about or happy about in our lives. So no, money doesn't make you happy, but it does get rid of a lot of things. You know, here's another one you might be saying, we can't afford it. And you might say, well, Ben, that's true. I can't afford it, right? We do not have the money for that. I get it. I totally get it. What's a more creative way, a more empowering way you could focus on that? So maybe rather than we can't afford it is, you know what? It's not the right time for that right now, but hey, we're going to make it happen. And then you start to shift your mind, right? Because you, again, you tell yourself you can't afford it. And by the way, parents, those of you listening to this have children, right? Remember this stuff. Pay attention to it. What are you teaching your kids around money? I'll come back to that. You know, money's not important. Well, we talked about that too. It is. Money is very important in the areas that it's very important, right? Of course it's important, right? Without money, I mean, we don't get to have a home to live in, food to eat, vehicles to drive, you know, I mean, <laughs> any of that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, I'd like to be able to do this, but we don't have enough. I'm going to start saving and investing later, right? Which is a huge mistake in building wealth, by the way. Start now. Start as little as you can. If Even if you only start a little bit, start investing now, right? Once blank happens, we're going to start. Once blank happens, we're really going to get better in our finances. Once blank happens, we're going to start working on it. Best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. Second best time is today, right? We might say things like it's different for them because of whatever, or maybe it's, you know, obstacles is, you know, well, I'd be better financially if only blank would have happened. Then we could, if this person would have happened, if my boss wouldn't have said this, if the economy wouldn't have this, and if you find yourself and it's normal, I mean, the mind wants to do that, right? It doesn't want to take personal responsibility, but if you find yourself justifying for why, then you know, you're moving more into a victim role. And here's the thing is it, it's hard to really create the financial success or any level of success in any area of your life if we're coming from a place of a victim. And we've all done it at times, right? Kind of poor me mentality, life happens to me, that kind of stuff. And again, things do happen. I'm not negating that bad things happen. They do. And I don't know why, and I can't explain them. And I know they do. And sometimes there are things that just suck. 
What we do have, though, is we have our own choice. We have our own choice in the moment to decide how are we going to interpret this? What are we going to do about this? And really, when it comes to finances, we certainly have our choice to take personal responsibility in it. You know, another one could be something like, why does this stuff always happen to me? How can we never seem to have enough? You know, how, how can we always get to the end of the month or I finally get some money and then, you know, we're, we're, we've got three or four or 5,000 extra and then this, this oh, something always comes up. Well, I really believe, and we're going to do another episode purely on the law of attraction too, but what we think about, we bring about. And it's not what you think about just consciously. It's what you think about at an unconscious level. In other words, you're programming Automatic program leads to automatic thoughts, leads to automatic feelings, automatic actions and behavior, and automatic results. Those are big time roadblocks. So I want to talk to you about what do we do? We've talked about that. Now, how do we really go and reset this thermostat, the financial thermostat of your mind? How do we start to create a new financial blueprint? How do we start to create a new money mentality? Step one is we want to start to create new empowering beliefs and statements or affirmations around the areas of money, wealth, prosperity, and abundance. And there's lots. I mean, you could just Google money affirmations. I'm going to share with you some, but I mean, there's so many resources out there today. I mean, it's the easiest time to start to learn this stuff. The easiest time to get successful is today as we listen to this, because more resources are more readily available than ever before. Number two, our whole episode last time was all about this, having a clear vision and goals of what you want your life to look like. The more clear you are on what you want, the easier it's going to become to go and get it, right? Number three, in resetting your money. Anything you want to improve in your life, here's a good, good answer for you. Study it. If you want to be healthy, study health, right? You want to be entrepreneurial, study entrepreneurs. You want to be good in sales, study sales. Uh, you want to be a good student at anything in school, maybe you're getting a degree, something like that. Well, study it. And if you want to study, if you want to be wealthy, study wealth. You want to be rich, study rich people. I mean, this is the thing. So study this. And what we're really after is, again, strategy, yes. Don't get me wrong. We want strategy. Of course, that plays into it. But really, what I would challenge you to do is study wealth consciousness. Study things that can really improve the quality of your thinking around money. I'm going to list some resources at the end of the show here and uh, give you some ideas on some things that are worth listening to, worth reading, some uh, you know people you should follow and check in with some masters when it comes to consciousness. Because uh, I really believe this, that wealth is a state of mind more than it is anything else. Success is a state of mind. Health is a state of mind. Happiness is a state of mind. And if we can change the state of mind and we can start to work from the inside out rather than the outside in, if we can start to change the roots, then we know we're going to start to change the fruits. Another big tip I'm going to give you is in terms of resetting your thermostat is learn to think from the future rather than from the past or present. And what do I mean by that? Often we get stuck in what's happened in our lives or what hasn't happened or the amount of money we currently have or don't have or the credit card debt we have or don't have or, or the, you know, any other debt or whatever it might be or the lack of savings or anytime you're focused on what's presently going on in your life or something negatively in the past, all you're doing is reinforcing that picture in your mind. The only thing you're doing is reinforcing it so that your subconscious mind can grab a hold more of it. And again, the subconscious mind doesn't care. It doesn't judge good or bad, just like the baby doesn't. When the subconscious mind gets something, it doesn't say, is this good for me or not? It just says, okay, right? So if, if you keep telling yourself you never have enough and you're always struggling in debt and can't seem to get a break and on and on and on, your mind's always listening. It's always listening. It's the garden. The garden doesn't care what you plant, right? We just built a new garden. We built a new deck and, and, and got a new garden built too. And so next season, we're going to be planting it. And it's not going to matter. I mean, if, if I go to the garden and I plant tomatoes, the garden's going to give me tomatoes. But if I go to the garden and plant onions, 
the garden's going to give me onions. But I can't go to the garden, plant onions, and then expect I'm going to get tomatoes. And that's like your mind. You can't keep constantly telling yourself all the time, I've never got enough. Money doesn't grow on trees. We never seem to get by. Life's a struggle, on and on and on. And expect that somehow the garden of your mind is going to produce prosperity, wealth, and abundance. It doesn't work that way. Plant better seeds, yield a better harvest. That's the way that it works. So if we want wealthy results, then we got to plant wealthy thoughts, wealthy seeds, wealthy ambitions in our minds. So think from the future rather than the past or the present. So start to think about where you want to be. Start to talk like you're that already. And I'm going to give you a whole list of things coming up here, some ideas on that. And then my last point on this stuff and resetting your financial thermostat is find a way to get around people that live life at a higher level. Find a way to get around better associations when it comes to money. You know, generally, most of the people we hang out with are our closest four or five, you know, friends that kind of, we're usually the average of the five people we spend time with. And that's usually true financially. If you add up all their incomes, divided by five, you guys are probably about, you know, give or take maybe, you know, 10, 15, 20,000 difference, but you're probably about the same income. But if you could find a way to get around people that are making more money, and maybe you have some people in your life that do, and you really like their company, but you kind of avoid it because it's a little bit uncomfortable. Man, spend more time with them. You're going to learn how they think, learn how they act. You might even want to you know, ask some questions about this stuff. Or maybe you don't have anybody in your life like that. That's fine. Well, you can listen to great resources like this, right? I mean, there's so much on YouTube, so much different podcasts, so many books you could get. And, and books, I mean, shoot, you can get a library card still. Even if you're tight on money, get a library card. You know, where I live, when you go get a library card, they, they tell you the price of the library card. I don't remember, 20 bucks, 25 bucks, whatever it was. But then they tell you, if you can't afford it, we can give it to you for free. So library, I mean, it really doesn't even cost anything. So the resources are available. So if you can't physically get around someone that lives life at a higher level that way, financially, you can certainly get around. I mean, podcasts are free, right? It doesn't cost anything for podcasts. You can go on YouTube for free. There's so many resources. There's no excuse to not change your program. There's no excuse to not reset your thermostat. You've just got to do it. But guess what? You're not going to want it. Your mind is going to fight you because it's easier to stay in your comfort zone. It takes work to get into the wealth zone. It takes repetition to get into it. And you're not going to see immediate changes. So your mind's going to tell you it's not working. I promise you, you keep doing it. It will, it will, it will work. So now let's talk about really uh, this idea of creating more empowering beliefs around money. So I'm just going to share with you a few. These are ones I've used over the years and, and I've noticed they've made a big difference in my life. So I want to share them with you. I want you to come up with your own, spend some time after the show here, start jotting down some ideas of things that you want to believe around money. You want to believe around wealth, prosperity, financial abundance, but I'll share with you a few. Here's one of my favorites. Money comes to me easily, effortlessly, and consistently. And hey, if you like it, use it. If you don't, tweak it. No big deal. But money comes to me easily, effortlessly, and consistently. And you know what's funny is I, I find myself in a place in my life today that we've been fortunate to be blessed financially. And, and I find myself in a position today that although I, I still work in my business, you know, I still show up every day. I still do those things. It's easier than it's ever been, right? It's just so fun. And it is consistent. And in a way, even though I know I'm putting effort in, it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like I'm in love with what I do. I'm in love with, you know, just the process of life. And but it wasn't always that way. You know, it was a grind for me for a long time. It was a struggle for a long time. And then I started working more and more on this stuff. And man, did it make a difference? Here's another one. Money comes to me from multiple sources in many ways. Money comes to me from multiple sources in many ways. I love that one. Being able to earn income from not just one spot. By the way, on the notice strategy, that is a great strategy. 
if you only have one way of making money right now, say you just have a job, primary way is you, you work two weeks, you get paid. Find a way to cr create more income. You could start a little online business. You could start a little side hustle of some kind. I mean, you could, there's so many different things you can do to create different streams of income. And, and it's amazing, right? It's amazing. And it's worth it. It's worth your time to go and do that. And sometimes you might think, I don't know, maybe I'll just wait for a better job or a better promotion. Well, well maybe, but what if that doesn't come along, right? Again, we want, we don't want to be victims to this stuff. We want to be, we want to be victors. We want to take personal responsibility. Here's another great one. I'm so thankful for all the wealth and abundance flowing into my life. I am so thankful for all the wealth and abundance flowing into my life. I think anytime we can attach gratitude or thankfulness, really that feeling, that emotion to our goals, to our affirmations, and they become even sooner the change. Wealth flows to me in avalanches of abundance. I learned that one from Tony Robbins. Wealth flows to me in avalanches of abundance. You might've seen his video where he does that. And I've used that for years, a great one. Uh, I've always been a big fan of having a specific affirmation around the amount of money you wanna be making per month or per year. So I'm consistently earning over blank dollars a month. So maybe your goal right now is to get to $10,000 a month. I'm consistently earning over $10,000 a month. What a great affirmation. You know, Attach that with a few of these others. And you think about, what if I started to say these? 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 times a day, 200 times a day. Well, guess what? You're going to start to change your programming. You start to change your programming. You're going to start to change your automatic thoughts. You're going to start to change your automatic feelings, behavior, and actions, and, and you will start to change your results. I'm getting better at managing my money every day rather than I'm terrible at managing money. I don't understand any of this stuff. I mean, keep in mind, are they empowering? Are they disempowering? Are they helping you? Are they hurting you? It's not a question of whether they're true or false. Because you tell yourself anything long enough, you're going to believe, is it empowering or is it disempowering? And then my all-time favorite is I'm a money magnet. I'm a money magnet. So T. Harbecker's book, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind, that's where I first learned that. I'm a money magnet. He teaches that no matter how much money shows up in your life, you get a paycheck, um, you know, anything. Someone buys you lunch. You find a coin on the ground. Anytime you receive money in any way, shape, or form is to, as soon as you get it, tell yourself, I'm a money magnet. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm a money magnet. Thank you, you're thanking the universe. You're thanking God for this blessing in your life. I'm a money magnet. And I've done that for the past decade or so. Uh, by the way, my wife and I, uh, we actually met at the Millionaire Mind Intensive, which used to be uh, Harv's company. He ended up selling it, um, but used to be his company. That's how we met. So it's, it's got a special place in our heart for many reasons. But I'm a money magnet. I've used it for years. And I really feel I am a money magnet. Money comes to me all the time for many different ways, right? I'm so thankful for all the wealth and abundance flowing into my life. You know, it's amazing. Money comes to me easily, effortlessly, and consistently. I am getting better at managing money all the time. It's an incredible thing. And so anyway, so we taught our oldest daughter. We're teaching our other one too. But we taught our oldest daughter when she gets money, as soon as she gets money, to say, I'm a money magnet. And so now, here she is. She's four years old. She's been doing this probably the last year or so. Anytime she gets money, somebody gives her money for her birthday. And what we, hey, Natalie, what do you say? And she goes, I'm a money magnet. I'm a money magnet. And she really thinks she's a money magnet. She might not even know what magnet means yet, but she is so <laughs> programmed. We program her to believe that I'm a money magnet to the point where someone gave her these special coins. And it's kind of funny. They give her the special coins. They're still in the package. And she literally sleeps with those coins under her pillow, which I think is hilarious. Uh, but she loves it. And she, and, you know, for a while, she called that her money magnet. And she, if, if it was missing or it fell out of bed, she said, where's my money magnet? Where's my money magnet? But, you know, hey, again, don't just use this for yourself. Teach your kids this stuff. Become a money magnet. Man, we all want to become money magnets, don't you? Don't you just want money to come to you easily and effortlessly? Don't you want it to come from multiple sources? Don't you want to be so thankful for all the wealth and abundance in your life? You know, don't you want it to come in avalanches of abundance? 
it starts in here. Change the roots, you're going to start to change the fruits. All right, a couple last tips, and then we're going to come to a close for the show. This has been fun. I love sharing this with you. Um, I'm just going to give you some tips on how to create more wealth, more prosperity, more abundance. I guess this whole show today has been on that, but I do want to share some more with you. Number one, you know, last time we spoke all about creating a vision for your life. As you can tell, I believe in that big time, not because of theoretical stuff, because of seeing transformation in my life. And I know you will too, if you, if you apply it. So have a written vision for the life that you want. And then here's the thing, when it comes to creating more wealth and abundance, let's say you want to improve this area. And by the way, guys, you could use the process we're talking about today for any area of your life. You just change the affirmations. You just change the thought process. If it's your health, you could use it there. If it's the relationships, relationships, you could use it there. If it's raising your kids there, if it's career success, you could use it there. But with your vision, have it supplemented with encouraging and empowering beliefs, thoughts, ideas, and affirmations around money like we just shared right? Supplement that in there. Read that to yourself regularly. Put it up on your bathroom mirror. You know, maybe get yourself a little card. You know, for a long time, I used to keep a little card with affirmations in my pocket. And then anytime I'd touch my pocket, I'd trigger those thoughts. Man, I'm a money magnet. Money comes to me all the time. You know, I'm so thankful for all the wealth and abundance showing up in my life. So have that vision plan. You know, imagine your life more prosperous. Imagine your life more successful financially. What kind of vacations would you take? Take some time to dream once in a while. Start to become a dreamer again. Really, start to become a dreamer again. You know, I quoted this last time, imagination, more powerful than knowledge. And it is, right? Use it. It's an amazing gift we've been blessed with. Step two is as we read this stuff, again, I talked about it last show, but see, feel, and believe. SFB, see, feel, and believe this stuff. See it in your mind, right? Feel it if you were already there. What would it feel like if you were already making 10,000 a month? How would that feel? And just imagine it, believe it. Start to believe you're already there. And if you can't quite believe it, keep picturing it, keep seeing it, keep feeling it. One day you're going to grow to believe it. Third step, again, coming back to associations, find somebody that has what you want, right? Hey, if you want to increase your income in a big way, find someone that has what you want, ask them how they did it. You know, I find most successful people are very open to mentoring. They're very open to at least giving you a little bit of time to, you know, share some ideas. They, they probably do have busy schedules, but they also like to be able to help, right? They were helped by other people. That's how they got to where they go and they, they are, and they, and they want to help others too. So ask what they did and then take their advice, copy it, you know, apply it, work with it. If you've got a mentor in your life that's successful, you've got somebody that already has what you want and they're telling you, this is how I did it. This is what you should be doing. Make sure you're applying, right? Make sure you're doing it. My next big point on this stuff, it goes back. You want to be healthy, study health. Well, if you want to be wealthy, study wealth. So my tip for you on here is real simple. Study, 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 study. Invest some time every day. I mean, there's so many great reasons. I got you know, a bunch of books over here. Secrets of the Millionaire Mind, as we talked about. One of my all-time favorites. You're going to want to get a copy of this. Uh, the Science of Getting Rich. That's another incredible book by Wallace, Wallace Waddles, written about 100 years ago. Um, you know, I'm going to, again, share some other resources with you here too. Um, but uh, those are great resources on that stuff. Next point I'm going to give you in increasing your income, increasing your prosperity and abundance is really focus. Whatever you do, get great at whatever you do. Focus on becoming really hard to replace. Focus on getting your ability so freaking good, your skills so freaking good, you're so competent that it's hard to replace you in whatever business, you know, employment, career, whatever you're in. Because the better you are, hey, you can write your own ticket. You become one of the best, you're going to write your own ticket. So if you're in sales, man, you better get great at sales. Become one of the best. Be some of the people love being around, right? Awesome experience. If you're in construction, I mean, become one of the best that you are in that area. You're a music teacher, become one of the best. 
you know, whatever it is, hey, you're a realtor, you're a doctor, you're a lawyer. I mean, it doesn't matter what you're doing. Hey, you, you know, you're, you're a stay-at-home parent, man, focus on becoming the best you can be in that area. And, and guess what? I mean, you might become so good at it that maybe you start yourself a little YouTube channel, you start a little blog, something like that, and people start to coming to you for advice. And you're going to find a way to increase it. Money always flows to value. You bring more value, money's going to start to come to you. You become more valuable, more money's going to start to show up in your life. Last tip, I know this stuff. Just be willing to take action every single day. Take some steps every day, even if it's a little bit, even if you're really not feeling it, do something, make one call. Hey, show up to that one meeting, read read a little bit out of a book, you know, make a, uh, go and prospect somebody if you're in a sales type business or recruiting type business, something like that. Do something, take one step towards it every day, start focusing on that, you're gonna be very thankful you did. And then just in closing again, some really important resources I think that'll help you on here. There's lots on YouTube. I mean, lots of great affirmations. You could just Google, you'll find tons. But here's some books I think you, you, you need to get. Number one, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind by T. Harbecker. Number two, You Were Born Rich by Bob Proctor. Number three, It's Not About the Money by Bob Proctor. Awesome book. Number four, one of my all-time favorites, book Change My Life, Beyond Positive Thinking by Dr. Robert Anthony. And Hey, that book, I'm telling you, just it was the time in my life. I mean, it changed everything for me. It's not a book necessarily just on money, but it's a book on thinking. It's a book on consciousness and how to shift that. And of course, one of the all-time greats is Think and Grow Rich. And I know there's many more and there's lots of other great ones. I mentioned, excuse me, I mentioned The Science of Getting Rich. Another great episode is, uh, or another great book is that, you know, on YouTube, Bob Proctor's got his You Were Born Rich series on YouTube. It's free. I mean, you know, it's amazing. You can watch it on there. And then a lot of these companies, I mean, they'll have they'll have courses that you could go and buy. And, and I would, I mean, I was something I was willing to do. I was willing to invest in myself because I understood that, you know, one of the, the best investments I was ever going to make was in me because, you know, my ability to produce income. And, you know, there's lots of other things we can invest in too, and we want to, but make sure you're investing in yourself. So if they're offering a great course, I mean, I'm sure it's really good, you know, and I'm sure you're going to get some value out of it. And the more seriously you take it, the better it is. And often, sometimes we don't take things that are free as seriously as we could. But when you invest a little bit of money, you get some skin in the game. And all of a sudden, you take it a lot more seriously. So all that being said, that, in my mind, are some of the tips on how we're really going to go and start to change your financial thermostat, how you're going to go and start to change your financial thermostat. And if you do that, and you apply these things, and I hope this is an episode you listen to multiple times. We've covered a lot of stuff here. Right? If you're looking to improve your financial life, right, work with these ideas, focus on the inside, change what's on the inside. At the same time, you know, have action, get into action, be persistent, be willing to take some massive action on it for sure. But you've got to change what's on the inside, change the roots. You'll automatically start to change the fruits. You just will. I know this stuff works. It's not theoretical. It's not up for debate, right? You were asking a really financially successful person, either they unconsciously did these things or they deliberately studied them, learned from people that were financially successful, and then they applied it in their own life. You can do the exact same thing, just like any of those people have. I want to say something. I want you to know how much I appreciate you taking the time to listen to the show today. I don't take your time lightly. I know it's valuable. I know there's lots of other things you could be doing with your time, lots of other shows you could be listening to. So thank you very, very much. Our first episode was a big hit. We got right to the top charts in uh, in Apple Podcasts right away just within two days of of it getting released. So thank you, thank you, thank you for all our supporters. Uh, hey, if you're new to the show, do me a favor. Whatever platform you're using, YouTube, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, just please do me a favor. Go and subscribe to the channel. You know, if it got an option, if you can leave a review, 
you know, give, give a rating on it. That would be amazing. Make sure you subscribe to it. Thank you. That's how we're going to get this to more people. If you found value in our show today, I hope you did. And I'm sure you did. If you found some value, do me another favor, favor, at least share it with just one person. Even if it's nothing else, just share it with one person, get them to check it out. If you know someone that, you know, could definitely benefit from improving their financial life, make sure to share it. If you want to share it with many people, friends, family, colleagues, teammates, I would love that. Let's get this information going. I'm excited about the next episode. Going to be bringing you tons of great material. We're going to start getting to interviewing some of our guests pretty quickly here as well. I'll continue doing some other episodes with you too. And again, thank you for the time. Subscribe to it, rate it, rank it, all that kind of stuff. Do me a favor, follow me on Instagram at Ben Spangle. That's at B-E-N-S-P-A-N-G-L. You can connect with me on there. That's the best spot. Send me a message. Let me know what you liked about the podcast. Maybe even some ideas you'd love to hear more of. Thank you so much. We'll see you soon.